Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest introduced to you now. Hal Cranmer is the owner of A Paradise for Patients, a collection of several assisted living homes in Phoenix, Arizona. They are experiencing incredible success by implementing low-carbohydrate and carnivore diets, along with engaging exercise programs with their residents. They have several programs that they successfully manage, including programs to help people lose weight and improve cognition, which has greatly diminished the effects of dementia, Alzheimer's, and other cognitive diseases. Their assisted living homes try to improve the health of their residents through changes in lifestyle. They employ doctors and nutritionists who design meal programs prepared from scratch and employ a personal trainer who helps improve the fitness levels of their residents. The assigned fitness programs keep their residents engaged and active socially and mentally. Several residents from Hal's homes have become well enough to go back to living at home again. Others have moved from beds to wheelchairs, from wheelchairs to walkers, and from walkers to walking by themselves. You can find Hal on Twitter at Hal Cranmer. Hal Cranmer, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. It's fantastic to be here, Casey. I, I followed you on Twitter, too, and really enjoy your stuff. You are the brightest light on Twitter. If, if, you, <laughs> if you ask me to come the up with a- The pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> I must follow the wrong people, for sure. Um, no, I, you're, you're, it's so awesome to see your, your content on Twitter. There's always something that just makes me, like, spontaneously, like, smile or, like, laugh to myself. And if you were to tell me, like, what is, what is like, the most depressing thing that you'd want to talk about on your podcast, I would say probably politics and maybe assisted living homes, like retirement homes. (laughs) It's terrible. I remember growing up as like a church group, we would go to this assisted living facility and, you know, it was, it was service and I was supposed to feel really good about it and like feel like we were doing good things. And I absolutely hated it. I despised it. It smelled bad. The people looked like they were death warmed over. Like it was a really (laughs) crummy place. And that's my only experience with that. And yet here you are posting these amazing stories of your residents. It's really cool to see. I I love following your work. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Well, that's awfully nice of you to say. And I agree. And when I got into this business, I visited a lot of assisted living homes to sort of see how other people do it. And I was pretty appalled at um, the condition of people. And, you know, to give some credit to the assisted living homes, a lot of times they get bad raw material. You know, they're in the end stages of life with all kinds of chronic conditions. And and there's nothing anyone can do for those people except make them comfortable in their remaining days. But there are a big population in this industry of customers they can get better and and that are not well served by what we're doing presently. And I'm trying to change that. You're doing a great job and it's really inspiring to see with your own personal story. You had a very close affinity with um, older people in your own life. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I, I was closest to my uh, maternal grandmother and my uh, paternal grandfather, my um my grandfather, I really like to boast about because he um, he ran away from home at the age of 15 and joined the Navy and lied about his age. And so was in the Navy at 15, uh, fought in the Dominican Republic in the 30s, fought in World War II in the Pacific Theater and fought in Korea. Um, went from being this 15 year old private to a lieutenant commander in the Navy or no, I'm sorry, a commander, like the equivalent of a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. Um, got a battlefield commission, won three Navy crosses, which is one medal below the medal of honor. And he run three of them. Wow. 
um, and then ended his career because he broke an admiral's jaw in a barroom brawl. What so, a savage. Um, Badass. I, one of the biggest regrets of my life is not sitting down with him, tape recording everything he did and writing a book about it because he was just such an amazing man. Um, he he lived uh, near me when I went to the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs in a mobile home. Um, and the altitude was, and I'd go over and see him every weekend and try to get war stories out of him. A lot of those veterans back then just didn't want to talk about what they did and bring my friends over who were all in awe of him too, that were other cadets of the Air Force Academy. And, but the altitude was really getting to him. Um, so I took care of him a lot. And then we sent him back to my parents' house in Virginia, where my mom and dad took care of him. And then whenever I had free time vacation, I'd fly home and, and see him and, and help out as best I could. I, I helped him when I could in Colorado Springs, too. And then my grandmother was the same way. Um, she um, passed away in 2000 and I was married and actually brought my, her great granddaughter to her, which was really neat when she, my daughter was maybe two um, and or two or three. And then. Um, she, I was kind of her favorite, which, um, and so I would fly in when I could from the air force and spend time with her. We hired a live-in caregiver for her and, and we sort of traded rent for her to take care of them because my parents were in Virginia, but my mom and I would go up there and, and take care of her. And it, it just, it pained me. She had Alzheimer's. She was incontinent at the end. There was, you know, just to see a woman that I grew up as a kid with always respecting and loving. And, you know, she loved me tremendously. See her decline like that. It really, it stuck with me. Not necessarily that I just jumped right into assisted living, but I, when I had this opportunity, I thought of those two and, uh, you know, thought I got to do something different here. <laughs> That's amazing. Very special relationships. You mentioned flying quite a bit and in the air force, you flew seemingly everything besides fighter planes, but that eventually transitioned yeah. into commercial airlines and you were a pilot on nine 11. What, what was that like to be a pilot during that time? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't flying during nine 11. I was actually transitioning to a different airplane. Um, and I was home from the, we were, I was going through simulator training and we had a two or three day break and I was home for that. And I turned on the TV as that second plane hit the world trade center. Um, and I thought that's, I, they didn't know it was a terrorist act at that time. And I thought, who the heck is going to hit a skyscraper in the middle of the day like on a beautiful cloudless day i could understand if there's weather and they're screwing up or something but it was it was really surreal like because all my buddies from the air force were all airline pilots at that time um or they were still in the air force everyone was like thought the world was going to blow up i i thought you know i didn't have a job and and like a couple weeks after that after 9-11, I got a letter in the mail saying I was being laid off from the airlines because our airline was going bankrupt. And I brought it to my wife and said, hey, guess what? I just lost my job. And my wife said, well, guess what? I'm pregnant. <laughs> so it was uh, it was quite a time. So we looked at options. 
I didn't want to go back in the Air Force. I would I I flew mostly C-130s, like special operations C-130s. So I was gone from home all the time. The reason I got out of my the Air Force because I came back from a deployment. My daughter didn't recognize me, wow. um, and so I didn't want to go back because I knew we're going to Afghanistan and Iraq, and I'm going to be gone all the time doing that. Um, I didn't really want to fly cargo in Africa or something. And all the earlier airlines because they're union jobs you know they have to hire back all their laid off pilots before they start looking at new people so there was nowhere to go um so i just um went into i'm like time to change careers you know there's there's not much so i went into manufacturing um based on my sister-in-law talking nicely to her people at her company and um you know i didn't i i turned out to be a financial auditor <laughs> which which is interesting when you go into a place and they ask for your background in auditing. And I said, well, I don't know much about that, but I, boy, I can bring a big plane in a 25 knot crosswinds and touch it down. Oh, so sweetly. <laughs> you know, the, the accountants in the room kind of looked at me weird, but um, so I did that for a long time and I was kind of flipping um, some houses and rental properties on the side when it was back when it was cool to do it, like in 2008 and all the downturns and that kind of stuff and kept doing that while I was in manufacturing in Minnesota. And then, uh, another investor introduced me to the assisted living business and basically said, Hey, you can get a lot more cash flow out of assisted living than you can rental properties. And I, uh, I was like, cool, let's see. Uh, this was the time as we talked about, my daughter wanted to go to the hottest place in the country to go to college and everything. And and I actually went to flight school in, um, in Phoenix back when there was an Air Force base here. And um, we always wanted to get back here. So I took a class on how to do this. Um, I talked to a realtor who specialized in it. He had some homes to that were for sale. And so my wife and I said, let's take this plunge and get back to Phoenix. All our kids want to go to Arizona state. We can be with our kids. Let's do that. Um, so I got in it kind of as an investor. I didn't really make the connection between my grandfather, grandmother until I got into it, this, but I came down and, you know, during that class, we toured some assisted living homes. And then afterwards, I toured some look at some potential ones to sale. I was just so heartbroken by the people just laying around all day and not doing anything, sitting in front of the TV and, you know, their med medication list. They had 20, 30 medications. And I'm thinking, we're just making them sedated so we don't have to deal with them. And, and it drove me nuts. So... Um, I bought my homes in 2015 and 16 and said, I'm not going to do that. And so it's been a journey ever since to figure out how I'm not going to do that. Wow. So tell me about that class. I was really curious to ask you about that. Like what, what do they cover in the class? Is it more like the health side of things or is it more like the business side of things? It's very much business side. It was for real, it was assisted living for investors and business operators. It was a lot of financials of, you know, here's your average, what you can charge. Here's a list of expenses you'll see. Here's how to find caregivers, which was totally wrong. <laughs> um, here's how to, um, you know, advertise and market. And, and the health thing was much more, 
and then you get a doctor to a nurse to run all the health stuff. Got it. Got it. And you run, you run all the business side, hiring caregivers, marketing, talking to families, things like that, and just let the doctors and nurses run the the health side of it. So you're getting into this business thinking it is a business. It's going to generate some passive income. You can maybe like check on things from time to time, but but you're you're implementing all these systems to run on their own. So you're not really thinking you're going to be a big part of it until you get down there and get involved with it and then realize like, wow, something should change here. Yes, exactly. I mean, I was sold as you'll probably go to them maybe three days a week and take four days a week off. (laughs) That's, I wish, but um, it was not like that at all, especially when I first got into this. It was uh, what I I was represented for the business wasn't what reality was. And I know tons of people have bought businesses and found that as well. Um, So I... uh, I was working really hard just to make it cash flow and, and make money at it first. So I, you know, the first year or two, I really didn't get into the health aspects of it at all. I was, I was much more interested in just meeting people, going to hospitals, going to rehabs, networking, trying to get my name out there. So when someone had someone that needed assisted living, they call me versus someone else. Um, it was getting caregivers and, and um, that's the big impediment to why I don't expand is like many businesses in America today. And it's been that way forever in assisted living. Finding good caregivers is extremely challenging mm-hmm. and retaining good caregivers. Cause this is a job that really burns you out. I mean, I, I put on Facebook one night that I came to my assisted living on an eight, like eight thirty on a Friday night, because there was something wrong with the payroll, and I had to hand out checks. And then I realized, you know what? I'm driving home feeling sorry for myself at nine nine thirty on a Friday night. Why am I working? And then I thought, these caregivers work every Friday night, every Saturday night, every Sunday night, and every weekday night. And you know, yes, they have days off and stuff, but they there's not a oh, it's the weekend, you know, kind of thing. And it's, and it's Christmas Eve and it's Christmas day and it's New Year's Eve. And and there's not, not a lot of sympathy for them out there and they're just amazing people. And, um, but it can, it can really burn you out. I mean, my, one of my managers, um, the first question she asked to interview new caregivers is how do you feel about wiping old people's butts? And, um, you know, if she gets a, Ooh, reaction, then we know that's not going to be a good caregiver. <laughs> wow. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a gene, but keeping the caregivers was tough, finding new ones, um, just getting it up and running. And I think that's where a lot of assisted living and, and healthcare in general, there's so much you have to do that it's really hard to spend time improving what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to keep the boat afloat. Sure sounds like it. And yeah, you're right. It does seem like a special gene for people who are are, are caregivers. The pod- podcasting, I've learned, is amazing because we're going to create something today that will live on in, on the internet forever. And, and 
just as, as important as that as that is I can go back in time and listen to podcasts that you've been on some as, as early as like 2017, you did a podcast where you were a guest and you were talking to somebody about the marketing side of things and, and that's captured and I can go back and listen to it and, and, you know, put myself in your shoes that date and you trying to sort out your marketing. And also even then back in 2017, you were starting to talk about, we want to make this place special. This should be a bo- bo- boutique type of a place. And you were starting to talk about health and wellness and even eating right back in 2017. So tell us how that kind of evolved and how you were able to implement some of those things in your homes. Okay. Well, um, once I got everything afloat, I I started thinking, you know, I don't want what happened to my grandmother to happen here, other people I see. So I started with just, uh, why can't we just have them eat like, you know, what your mom tells you, (laughs) you know, finish, you know, eat your vegetables and, you know, don't eat crap all the time. Put that candy bar down. So there's this big impression and and you see it in tons of families too, you know, Hey, let's go over to grandma's house and grandma's got all the cookies and grandma makes cakes and it's going to make this wonderful apple pie for you and serve it with ice cream on it and everything. And so that's the impression a lot of families get of, you know, Grandma's in assisted living. She'd love to come see the family. Let's bring her a pie. Let's bring her some donuts, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like telling the families, you know, that stuff is why she's in here. (laughs) So um, can we just not bring that? Bring her flowers or bring her pictures, bring her, you know, that she can hang on the wall or bring her crossword books, fun stuff that doesn't involve food. Okay, let us take care of the food. And I told my caregivers, let's let's just have sort of out of sight, out of mind. Let's not serve them ice cream after every meal. Let's not, um, you know, have cookies laying around all the time or the bins with the mints and the candies, you know, left over from Halloween or something. Let's scoop all that up. Let's serve them like meat and vegetables, basic stuff. And uh, this was before I knew about low carb or any of that stuff. And so we started seeing better stuff and we start, we sent one or two people home and we're like, there's something to this. Um, So then, okay, let's take the next step. How can we get them moving? Um, One thing that I know is in assisted living is people get cabin fever very easily, you know, because they're, it's hard for them to get out and stuff. So we try at least once a month to go do an outing. Um, and we've been doing that since like 2017 or so. We we're blessed with spring training around here. So we go to spring training games every spring. Um, we've taken them boat rides on a local lake. We've uh, There's a big Air Force base right near here. We took them to an air show there in 2018, we, which is, you'll see that picture on the front of our website. We've been trying to go ever since. Again, they do it every two years, but COVID's canceled it the last couple of times. Um, we take them to the state fair. We'll take them to movies. We took them to Top Gun and had them all wear Tom Cruise sunglasses as they are coming in the movie theater. They love that. Um, I've got a friend from my flying days that works for a charity that takes seniors up in old World War I biplanes. So we're, we're working on getting them to do that. So... So first I thought, let's get them like something to look forward to. Cause I thought, you know, if they think all I got to do, all I'm going to do is sit in this home until I die, 
then what's my incentive to get better? So here's your incentive. Let's go out and do stuff. And I tell my families, come and spend time with them. And if you can, take them out to a restaurant, take them home for the weekend, take them home for the holidays. Uh, we had a 98-year-old guy actually go on a cruise with his family. And they hi- they hired one of our caregivers to go with them on the cruise to take care of them. And you could the smile he had when he came back was just amazing. So once they see there's life beyond this, and you know, yes, I don't have a ton of time left, but I have enough that I want to enjoy it. I don't want to spend that time in bed, you know, taking more and more medications. So once they see that, then they have an incentive. Now we can work on more of diet exercise what do we need to do to get them where they can enjoy you know even if they can't go home they can enjoy more and more of those activities um and and spending time with their families and things like that so so yeah so it's it started working slowly so i just like well i'm gonna dive into this and really learn as much as i can about it um which drove me nuts during covid because they when they said you know don't do research just listen to us i'm like I'm making huge strides here doing research, not just COVID really, but, you know, just in general. Um, so I, I went through a, a vegan phase cause I thought, okay, you know, everyone's saying this plant-based stuff is great. I've seen podcasts of people that cured their cancer with just eating vegetables and things like that. And so, so I hired some vegan nutritionists one had a PhD in nutrition and said, you know, let's, do this in our houses. The, the trouble was their recipes had all these weird, very um, obscure spices and stuff like that. And I was spending eight to 10 hours a week just trying to go through the grocery store and find this stuff. And uh, when we tried to serve it and we took out the eggs and the steaks, bacon and stuff like that, I had a revolt on my hands. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing to us? They'd be like, I'd rather die than eat this. And, and even if it was healthy for them, I'm like, this isn't going to work. Um, so we went back to just sort of healthy for a while. And then, um, then I started stumbling on this carnivore thing. It, it, it started as low carb. Um, and I also stumbled on this thing called the Bredesen protocol, which is a, created by this guy named Dr. Dale Bredesen in California. And he's been able to reverse Alzheimer's and dementia in a couple hundred people. It's a, it's, there's a lot to it. It's not just diet and exercise. There's supplements, there's uh, oral health, there's um, hormone therapy. There, it's, it's, it's sort of a complete optimizing everything in your body. And then it allows your nerve cells to grow back and, and, start getting better cognition doesn't cure it if you fall off the protocol you're going to have alzheimer's come back but it it greatly improves your your cognitive health um if you do it right so i i found out about that in maybe 2018 or so um from then on i was asking families you want to try this out they're like yeah, we, we have a neurologist already. It's okay. I'm like, well, this is a lot different. And they're like, no, no, we're fine. Um, so it was, it was very hard to convince them. And, and I've heard of a a home assisted living home out in San Diego that was doing this. 
and they they were open. They actually opened up in February of 2020, like the worst possible time you could open up. And I went to their grand opening. I'm and Dr. Bredesen came down to sort of help them with their grand opening, meet everyone. Um, but they're making tremendous strides. It's run by a naturopathic doctor, and she's everyone who goes in there is on the Bredesen protocol. So um, they have it very structured. Well, I don't. But I finally found someone recent. So part of that Bredesen protocol is the ketogenic, low-carb diet. So I'm like, well, we can do that. And so we've done that, and we're seeing lots of improvement. We're seeing A1C levels drop down. We're seeing uh, people going off insulin we're, you know, or going from insulin to metformin or, or that kind of stuff. We're seeing people get stronger, especially because we try to emphasize the carnivore because the more I get into it, the more I found out about this thing called sarcopenia, which is um, what we all go through after age 50, we start losing muscle mass. And the only way to retain it is you got to eat a lot more protein and you got to exercise, you know, with strength training. So, um, so I, I, for the exercise, I realized I can't do it on my own. And it's hard to rely on caregivers because they've got a ton of stuff other going on. I can't just go, Hey, go exercise. them. So I hired a personal trainer, um, who's actually the husband of one of my caregivers and he goes around to the homes and we do strength training with weights and bands and things like that. I've one home that I hired a lady in Pennsylvania who does virtual exercises because she, that home's about an hour away from my trainer. The other ones are much closer to him. So um, he does those and the lady does them over there, but a lot of good feedback. I mean, it gives them something to do during the day. And the, and that's where we get a lot of people moving from the beds to the wheelchairs and the wheelchairs to the walkers. So, um, and, and when they can do that and we go celebrate by taking them out, they get very motivated to do more of that. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a little taste of freedom. I want more of that. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, so let's talk about this carnivore thing. How, how, first of all, how did you personally learn about carnivore? How did you implement that yourself in your own life? And then when did you start to think like, wow, we can actually make for the residents who are willing to try this, we can actually make low carb or keto even just a little bit better. How did you start to implement it not only with yourself, but with your residents? Um, well, I, I've been a guy who likes to work out my whole life, but I'm I'm one of those guys that everyone hates. I I can eat tons of food and not gain any weight, um, which is good and bad. I can't gain any muscle either. But um, so I, I I work out with weights and I came across a podcast with this guy, John Jackish. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he has this um, he has this system that's called X3. He's like a PhD in the forget what it is, but it's basically body mechanics. And he, he first of all, invented a machine that um, helps really alleviate the problems with osteoporosis. He found that gymnasts um, don't have osteoporosis. And the reason they don't is because their bones take lots of shocks and that shocking spurs more growth in the bones and their bones are strong all the way to old age. So he developed a machine that basically shocks your bones and it alleviates osteoporosis. So I like that he's, he's studying, well, wh who are the people that are strong and how did they get strong? And what's the 
mechanics of that. And so he came up with a system called the X3 system. And you basically, it's a bunch of bands um, that strengthen all ranges of your muscle movement. Like if you do a bench press, you have a very weak range where you're down by your chest and you have a much stronger range. Like you can take a bar with a lot more weight and bring it down six inches and do that all day long. But if you bring it down to your chest, you're not going to be able to lift it off your chest. Um, so he hit the bands as you go, as you go through the weak range, there's less tension because you haven't pulled it out. And as you get to the strong range, there's more tension. So you get to fatigue all ranges of your muscle. And I've actually gained 10 pounds of muscle, which I hadn't been able to do in 20 years of lifting weight. Um, but part of his system is a carnivore diet. He's like, you can't just do it by weightlifting. You got to do the diet. And he had, he had, a, he had his book's called weightlifting is a waste of time. And so is cardio, <laughs> which I thought, okay, I got to read this. Um, but he has tons of studies in that book showing, you know, and he's like, if a vegan diet was good, the best, I would recommend a vegan diet. I went through all the studies. This showed me what is good, eat meat. And so I'm like, well, I'll try it. And I've been thrilled by it. I mean, I I feel I'm 55. I feel like I'm 25. I, I got all kinds of energy. I working all day long, you know, working on this. My wife's like, you need to calm down a little. Um, but I do, I feel fantastic. So I thought this is great for our residents and combining it with knowing that they get this sarcopenia thing, it seems like it would be a great fit to to get some strength on their body, some muscle back, and, and improve their metabolism as well. And that's sort of why we went with the carnivore. The, that Bredesen protocol I talked about, it's much more a plant-based. It says use meat as a condiment on your plate rather than the main thing. Um, this John Jackish proved showed me studies of why that's not true. They said, because the meat, your body at a certain point will turn that meat into carbohydrate and sugar. And that's what we're trying to avoid with the Alzheimer's stuff. Well, that only happens in the extreme deficits to carbohydrates. It's not, and and once it's got where the body needs, it stops doing that. So it's not like meat's going to cause that problem. And it's still extremely low carb, obviously. So I thought, okay, well, let's do this. And I'm working with another company in Idaho called the Mind for All Seasons that's helped me implement the Bredesen protocol. They're all for me. They said old people need protein. And so it just seemed like a really good fit with the carnivore diet and, and everything we're trying to do. Wow. So I've been telling all of my clients about doing this episode and how excited I've been to talk to you today. And one of them said something that I think most people would probably be thinking. It's like, okay, that that sounds amazing. All of that sounds amazing. But my grandparents, they, they're not going to do that. They are very stubborn in their ways. They already know what they want to do. They're not going to change their diet at age 60 or age 70 or 80 out of home. What has your experience been with that as far as that goes? I do have that. I mean, I'm, I don't have everyone here on me, uh, carnivore, but that's what I'm, yes, I get a lot of people who are like, my dad's 85. He likes ice cream, leave him alone, let him watch TV. Okay. Fair enough. I'm trying to get my name out there of, Hey, if your dad's like that 85 and wants ice cream, watch TV. Great. I have 
15 homes in this area that would love to have your dad and they will do exactly what you want. So, you know, it, it's one of those things you, if you can't help people who don't want the help. So um, what I love about doing this in an assisted living home is I control the food. I control their routine. You know, I don't want to make that sound authoritarian or anything, but if you're at home, it's very easy to go, you know, I had a really good day. I was very good to my diet. I think I deserve a little break for that chocolate cake. Here, they can't. They can't, you know, we don't have any chocolate cake in this home. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that's why this seems like it's such a great fit for assisted living is that we are in charge of their food, you know, and if they really want something and it, like birthdays, we splurge and cheat or whatever. Christmas is a little cheap thing, but day to day where we just don't have it in the home and, and we don't go buy it. And we, you know, if they, they said, well, why can't we have dessert? We'll break down and say, okay, well, here's some strawberries. Here's some blueberries without cream or ice cream or anything like that. On So I agree. It's very hard. That's why I'm trying to do it in assisted living. And, and I'm also a big believer in, you know, if, if people see results, they, they don't believe stuff when you tell them, but when they see people actually recovering and going home and suddenly getting their memory back, they're, they're like, you know, I, I'd like to try that. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of, you find the early adopters and then everyone will come along. Yeah. Wow. No, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm just thinking in my head, like I found you through a very popular carnivore um, podcast, Rivero, who I'm a health coach for Rivero. And, you know, we've interviewed Sean oh, Baker who hosted you as well. And it's a, it's a wonderful platform. I'm just thinking like you, you now have just talked to however many younger carnivores or people interested in the carnivore diet who probably all have parents where if this isn't a concern now, it's going to be a concern very soon. And so, yeah. you know, going back like seven years, like, yeah, you had to probably scrap to find whoever could fill your beds, but now it's like, you can start to really specialize and be known as this person, your business is going to blow up with people that want to send their parents to you. It's incredible. Right. Yeah. And, and when I started telling people about this idea, they were like, well, if you make them better and they go home, then you won't have any business. And I said, if I make them better and go home, I'll have no end of business. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, no, I want my dad to decline and I want to keep paying several thousand dollars a month to, for him to do that. You know, versus he comes home, he lives on his own. I just go over to see him and have a great time with him and, and we have no financial liability. <laughs> you know, which one are you going to pick? Totally. So I, I think... You know, the baby boomers are hitting assisted living age. There's going to be, there's a huge demand for assisted living. I'm full practically all the time. And you're right. We're starting to get to the point where, you know, I'll take him, but I don't want her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I have lots of friends in this business and I'd be more than happy to refer them to some really good homes that will take care of them, just not do this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would highly recommend. And, and it doesn't take long. I mean, you as a carnivore coach, I'm sure you see changes within a month of doing it, you know, or a couple of weeks even sometimes. Yeah. So it's not like they're 80 and, you know, you missed the boat. You should have started this when you were 50. No, as soon as you start it, by the time you're 81, you're going to be doing a whole lot better. So it, it's not like 
you have you have to be young to start this. It, it, I would recommend it, <laughs> but um, you don't have to be. Yep. Um, yeah, all those people. Convince your mom and dad. I've convinced my mom and dad. I bought them one of those X3 systems. Wow. You know, and they're working out right now. And they're in their 80s. And they're living at home. And they're they're flying out because I just became a grandfather. And they just became great-grandparents. They're going to fly out here in a couple of weeks to see their new great-grandson. Um, you know, but that's the stuff they should, people in their 80s and even in their 90s should be able to do. <laughs> That is so cool. I think about my own business and like, I'm, I'm really kind of not taking new people right now. Like my business is pretty full. And I think back to when I was doing nutrition coaching before you could just get somebody on a recurring kind of thing. Let's see each other every two weeks. We'll do some behavior coaching. Cause you probably screwed something up. You didn't journal or you didn't eat your fruits and vegetables or whatever. You could always find something to kind of blame the person. And now doing carnivore coaching, it's cool. Cause I get to meet people all over the world and we do like a session or like two sessions and it's kind of it. Like you don't really need to keep coaching these people. I would much rather see more people and help more people in a few sessions than keep somebody on this recurrence that doesn't fix anything. Well, and then you're just making feel guilty. Exactly. And it's, it's hard. And, and I don't, I, our people aren't like eating zero carbs a day. I mean, there's some carbs, there's some, you know, we do some vegetables and things like that. We do give them berries for dessert. You know, we'll have occasional fruit here and there. So even if you just turn it around from McDonald's and spaghetti and pasta and lasagna and, you know, all that kind of bread and sandwiches, you can still make a huge difference. Huge. It doesn't have to be whole hog into this thing. Huge. Wow. Okay. So practically speaking, we know there can be some challenges as we age. Let's, let's just say at the level of the teeth, like, like obviously we lose teeth or our dental health goes downhill. So practically eating can become a little bit more of a challenge. So what types of foods are, are you know, more animal foods, um, are, are safer to consume and eat and prepare and what things are, are these people eating? What do they like? Um, you know, what is easy for them to get down? Like, how do you manage that? Well, well, steaks, steaks, a tough one. Um, but we, we use like a, a food processor or blender and we blend it up. And even we have some people in pureed diets, we call it where, you know, they can eat mashed potatoes and soups and things like that. We'll still grind up meat and just serve it, make a soup or a broth or something like that, or a stew, um, we'll use the, um, slow cookers kind of thing to make the meat incredibly soft and tender and eat it that way. And, and that's a great thing to bring up about teeth and, and oral health. One thing I learned in this Bredesen protocol, um, and we do, we have seen it with one of our, uh, residents that's on it. Um, if you have a lot of infection in your mouth and, and bad teeth, that infection can migrate to your brain. And if you know anything about Alzheimer's, everyone's worried about these amyloid plaques in your brain. Well, those amyloid plaques are a defensive mechanism of your body to try to fight intruders into your brain. And part of that infection can come from your teeth. So if you want a really good incentive to go see the dentist and take care of your teeth, um, you, it's a huge contributing factor to Alzheimer's. So, I mean, we have people in here that have very good teeth and they're, are doing well. They've got other conditions, but cognitively they're right as rain. So, um, 
yeah, as you get older, your teeth get worse. A lot of them have dentures too, which help them chew the food. Uh, but we'll do a lot of ground beef. Um, I, I try to shy away from the chicken. We do a lot of fish, salmon. I'm trying to get them to eat oysters because uh, that's a very nutritious thing. I get varying amounts of success with that. Um, but even if you get you know, the store-bought tilapia, it's still zero carbs. It still has some nutrition, things like that. And we can cook it up with some herbs and everyone likes it. Wow. So you guys end up doing a lot of eggs. Oh yeah, eggs are killing me. <laughs> um, my daughter actually works for a, a big food distribution company. And um, she was my lifeline during COVID because, uh, you know, when when the toilet paper was all out, I was really panicking because you go to the store and they're like, OK, you can have one pack. And I'm like, I got 50 people I'm taking care of. Wow. And they're like one pack. So I was going to like everyone in the store. Can you buy this roll of toilet paper for me? I'll pay you. But fortunately, her food distribution center opened up and I was able to buy a ton. They have like they have boxes of 15 dozens of eggs that I can buy. Um, they're not any cheaper than the grocery store, but at least they're available. But yes, we we go through tons of eggs here, which is price wise killing me right now. But it's worth it because yeah. I can see these people get better. And, and you know, empty beds are are costing me money. So the longer these people stay with me and stay alive, the better it is. So the price of extra groceries that I pay, I more than make up for in bottom line profit. Sure. Sure. And we can say that, you know, egg prices are increasing. Meat prices are high. We know that. But but comparatively speaking, going back to when you were feeding people lots of fruits and vegetables and exotic ingredients, it's probably far less doing that. And I'm assuming that if they're eating mostly carnivore stuff, they may not even need snacks anymore. They might be skipping meals from time to time. Like the we're, overall... we're working towards that. Yeah. Yep. We try to have dinner about 4.30 in the afternoon and then not have breakfast till eight in the morning so we can get like a good 14 hour fast or so in there. Wow. Um, and yeah, they, they're not as hungry for snacks and we don't have to have those snacks. Plus we've cut down on the drinks basically. No, we don't buy sodas anymore. We don't buy, you know, fruit juices, things like that. It's kind of water and coffee and tea yeah. and that's about it. Wow. So doing some of that bulletproof coffee now, putting some MCT oil in it, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, if you look at the great scheme of things, it's, it's cheaper and, and bottom line, if they get to go home, which we've done a couple of times for them, it's, you know, all of a sudden that, that several thousand dollar a month bill goes to nothing. So, it's worth it for them as well. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. We hear all the time, like you mentioned earlier, the benefits of carnivore, they don't take very long to kick in. People notice the same things. They feel amazing. I, I can't believe I'm in my fifties and now I feel like I'm in my twenties. Like it, it's amazing. And again, it's so consistent to hear that I am preparing way less food. I am buying way less food. I am way less hungry. I eat less times during the day. I throw away less things at the end of the week. Like there's so many other side benefits that people don't even realize they're about to experience. So I absolutely love that. Well, and also I, I make sure you're not eating for this one, but I, I don't know about you, but for a lot of people, the carnivore diet cuts down on your bowel movements a whole lot. <laughs> Knew exactly when, where you were going to go with that. <laughs> and when we have incontinent people, the caregivers love this carnivore business 
in a huge way. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. I love that. Okay, so mm-hmm. I wanted to hear some specific stories and let's let's kind of stay with the cognition thing. Do you have some specific stories that you can share with us about your residents changing their lifestyles? You know, again, we talked about the physical, we talked about the nutritional. Can you tell us some specific stories about cognition improving um, at, by, by changing some of that lifestyle stuff? Yeah, so so we've we've just got one resident on the Bredesen protocol. I actually have another one from that other podcast I did moving in here tomorrow to to do it. And then I have a third one is is contemplating getting on it. The family's talking about it. So it really the the main cognition one I can talk about is the one that's on it right now. Um she came to us in October. Um she um was convinced like her mom was and dad were in the hospital. I mean, she's like 86. So her mom and dad are long gone. Um, and she was worried about them all the time. She did, couldn't remember any of our caregivers names. Um, she had trouble figuring out where her room was. We put her on this. Um, the way it works is you get a whole bunch of um, blood tests. She, they took 15 vials of blood out of her. So we weren't sure. She wasn't going to pass out. Um, and you get this 60 page report back from the company of here's all the things we need to optimize. Um, we took her to the dentist. Um, she has infections all over her mouth and needs major oral surgery. Um, we, we put her on basically a carnivore, low carb diet. Um, we've got her exercise and we have my personal trainer come and working with her five days a week. And my caregivers take her on walks regularly too. Um, we got her a bunch of supplements, um, and, um, the oral surgery we're, we're scheduling. We had to work through some insurance issues and stuff cause it's not cheap. And we wanted to make sure she had insurance that paid for the bulk of it. So that's, hasn't happened yet, but they're convinced that's going to make a huge difference. But even still the stuff we have done, um, we gave her co- several cognitive tests, um, when she first came in. Now we gave her the test again about maybe three weeks ago, and she has improved by about 10% on all of them. In three um, weeks? Three weeks? No, no. I gave her the test three oh, weeks ago. Gotcha. Since wow. October. Wow. This is a wow. this is a six-month or year process to really see some improvement. They think most of her improvement is going to come when we get the oral surgery and clear up all the infections in her mouth. Um, but she, I mean, Alzheimer's, you don't see improvement. You, you only improve. see decline. So she's improved by 10%. My caregivers are like, she remembers everyone's name. She remembers what she did yesterday. She remembers, like she goes right to her room at bedtime, doesn't bat an eye about it. So we're seeing it. It's it's definitely happening. You know, there, there's still times that she's uh, forgetful and stuff. By no means have we got a huge difference, but the difference we've seen is like, holy cow. And the versus you got Alzheimer's, try to get your affairs in order. Yeah. You know, what does her family think of that? Oh, they're thrilled. They think it's just awesome. Yeah. They, they can't wait for this darn oral surgery to happen. It's, it's been like two months and trying to deal with insurance, get referrals from dentists, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they're, they're very, very happy about it. That's incredible. So, so yeah. okay, so that was kind of the cognition side of things. What about, what about physically? What have you seen? Any stories that you can tell All us right, about? So my, here's my best story on the physical side. We I, I negotiated a contract. I went to an insurance company that handles sort of Medicaid people in the state, um, and I said, "What 
you know, what's your biggest problem? How can I help? What can I turn my house into to help? And they told me, well, we really have a hard time with bariatric patients, which are weight patients who are really overweight. Um, no one wants them, you know, caregivers throw their back out over them. Um, they're in bed all the time. They're having sores and wounds and all kinds of troubles associated with obesity. And so everyone just turns them down. Like we don't want to bring them into our rehab facility, medical establishment, hospital, whatever. Um, I said, fine, we'll, we'll take those, you know, it's going to cost you, but it will take them. So I went out uh, uh, that X3 um, exercise group has a Facebook group and there's some guys who are really good about nutrition and the carnivore diet and um, exercise and helping people lose weight and get into really good shape. So I contacted the one that seemed the most popular and said, I'm thinking of doing this. Would you be in? And he's like, oh, I'd be so in on that. Yeah. He's in Las Vegas. His name's Daniel Magyar. I'd love to promote him um, or send him some love. Um, but so he's he's about 295 pounds and he's probably 8% body fat. He's this monster of a guy. And um, so he said, and he's got a best-selling book on Amazon too. So he, um, he I, I paid him for what he pays his clients and we brought our first uh, bariatric patient in. She weighed, she came to us on October 5th of last year, weighing, um, two, 548 pounds and she's 42 years old. Wow. Um, she'd been in a rehab facility, like a nursing home facility, a big one for almost nine years. Um, yeah, she ballooned up to 650 pounds and they got her down to about 550 but that was about it. And, um, they could, they, they had, you know, it's a nationwide hospital rehab company. And so they have nationwide contracts on food and they don't really do the diet thing. They do the medication and doctors and standard, you know, hospital stuff. Um, so she just hadn't really progressed. And so I went and met with her and I put our nutritionist on FaceTime cause he's in Las Vegas. And I said, the three of us are going to help you lose weight. And she's listened to what he had to say. And it's like, okay, I'm in. So she moved into our house October 5th, weighing 548 pounds. She sent me a text yesterday and she said, how I'm below 400. And it was, it was like 398.9, the scale read. And she, we were both like practically crying. We were like, oh my God. Yeah, she, and and he has her on a carnivore combination of carnivore diet and a bunch of fasting. They have he has she gets two high carb days a week and five low carb days a week. And low carb day is one meal a day and it's zero carbs basically or very little carbs. During the the two high carb days, she gets to eat some like keto pasta and stuff like that, but it's minimal. Um, but it's you know fifty or hundred carbs for those days. And she lost 150 pounds in four months. So think about um, that life. Think about that life. Struggled with weight your entire life, put into a facility in your 30s to to just like sit there and feel like a failure and feel like you're terrible and and drawing on the system to flip that. She must be ecstatic. She is thrilled. She uh, and 
for all your folks out there, she was there at taxpayer expense because she was on Medicaid wow. <laughs> so for nine years. And I'm sure that facility wasn't cheap. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's turning her life around. We're actually talking to surgeons about how we need to do some surgery because she's got all this skin hanging off that we need to get rid of. So she's over the moon, like thrilled. And, and it's hard. I mean, she, I, I don't want to, you know, carnivore's done a lot for her, but I also got her into a physician who specializes in weight loss um, that uh, will, um, that prescribed Ozempic. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's a diabetes drug and it, it kills your appetite. Uh, but she lost 130 pounds before she got that drug. So that was all carnivore. Now she says it's a little easier because as that weight loss physician said, as you lose that much weight, your body's trying to get back to the state it used to be. And it's going to get harder and harder. Mm. And so the Ozempic, I think will get her over that, uh, peak. The, the, uh, Christmas holidays were not good. Uh, she did get to cheat some there because just because all these families were bringing in all kinds of stuff. So she gained back 15 pounds, but she's already lost it since Christmas. So, uh, that and more. So it, this isn't an easy journey. I don't want anyone to think, well, we switched to carnivore and all of a sudden you're the, I'm going to date myself here, the $6 million man, you know, it's, um, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's so worth it once you once you start doing it. To and just, it becomes easier. To just have a viable option. Like nothing else works this way. Like the carnivore diet is the only thing I've ever found to work this way. That that is a wonderful story. Right. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really wanted to ask you about your staff and a two part question here. How are they um, appreciating their jobs now that people seem to be getting a lot better? And the second part of that, have any of them started to shift their diet either by choice because they see how awesome these guys are doing or just because they're in the home and the food's there and they're making the food and they just start eating the food. They just magically start seeing better results. Have you noticed either of those two, two things, job satisfaction or an increase in health? Job satisfaction has gone way up. Um, I posted on Twitter, a guy who was going home yesterday. Um, and my staff texts me every day with pictures of people doing something amazing, you know, standing up for the first time, walking for the first time, you know, they sent me pictures of the meals they're serving that are meat, you know, with a bro- little bit of broccoli on it or something like that. And, and they're, you can see they're taking more and more pride in their work. And, and, and they're thrilled about it too, because now, you know, the incontinence is way down. The, the people aren't, you know, they're not having to lift them out of bed or use a Hoyer, Hoyer lift, which lifts people out of bed and puts them in a wheelchair um, they don't, you know, don't have to work with them to get them out of the wheelchair. These people can do it on their own. So their job gets a lot easier. Um, I, yeah, some are, are changing their eating habits, um, by choice and they're totally convinced this works. Um, so it's, it's really neat to see. And, and I have, um, some volunteers. Oh, here's one of my staff right now. This is my manager, Aurora. Hi, how are you? <laughs> How are you? Good. So we've got a lot of colds right now. So she's got the mask on. But um, it's, uh, do you want to just say, what what have you seen from this carnivore diet? And uh, what do you think? Do you mind if she gives you a few words? This is fantastic. No, absolutely. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have to shuffle over. Right. All right. 
Well, I've just seen uh, some positive results on uh, some of the residents that are doing it. Uh, we try to do as carnivore as possible, but uh, of course, some residents are still getting adjusted to the new program. But for I have a diabetic. Her insulin went down. Her A1C went down four points. Um, the lady that I had that we originally put her in, she's been more alert, more oriented, more balanced. So, and she's really good on knowing what to eat. Sometimes a caregiver might give her a little bit of potatoes or carrots or stuff like that. And she's like automatically puts that away. So she knows now. So it's like you said, your taste buds change yeah. and you start realizing, you know, no, I want the meat stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Christine, the desserts are oh, go ahead. completely, the desserts are completely gone unless a family member brings them and we kind of try to tell them, please don't, don't bring any sugar or anything like that. So they're getting used to it. They're getting, they're adjusting very well. Wow. How long have you done this? How long, how long has she done what, like been a caregiver yeah, or been a done caregiver? Yes. Professionally. Since 2001. Have you, wow. Okay. So you've done this for over 20 years. Have you ever mm-hmm. in your time seen other people get off of insulin or reduce their A1C in care facilities? No, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What does it mean it's to you? It's more and more. <laughs> it's more and more because it's not, they're not really providing a, a good diet. I mean, like I said, my only diabetic person here, the doctor was trying to adjust insulin and medication, and now she's lowering insulin. She's lowering the medication at, in the evening, so she's doing really good. Her A1C was 7.4, now it's 7. Wow. So I'm anxious to see how much it's going to be this next time that they do a blood work. Wow. That's but she's more alert. She's more alert. She's reading. She's, I mean, her, her mind is more alert than before. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, so for you, when you are coming to work compared to what it was like before, when you didn't know about any of these, you know, kind of, kind of, um, unconventional lifestyle changes like a carnivore diet. And now all of a sudden people are actually getting healed. They're reversing these diseases and becoming more alert. What does that do for your job satisfaction? Oh my God, just to see the improvement that these people are are getting. I thought I was not, I was on that diet before, so I know it works and I was trying to get it. Since he told me about this carnivore diet and all that, I said, oh, I know it works because I done it myself and I lost 75 pounds. So wow. it does work. Wow. I have to go back on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. But it definitely, when I was on it, it gave me so much energy and it's, it's a different lifestyle. I know a lot of people don't believe, but I am a witness of, of that. Wow. That it really works. Wow. So that is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad you got to stop by and share that message. It's what we noticed too. And, you know, to, to be, 
you know, in the health field and we're in nutrition and personal training and things like that. And like Mm -hmm. to find, to find a carnivore diet, you have to fight against everything you're ever told. You're ever taught all of my personal training and nutrition coaching certifications say you have to have vegetables. You have to have fruit. You have to have whole grains. You have to have certain kinds of fats and avoid other ones. And and (laughs) we, we can't, I could never get anybody to actually heal or, or get any progress. And we find this completely bizarre and unconventional method of only eating meat. It works amazing for us. And I can't find hardly anybody that it doesn't work great for. And it's like, I'm like bouncing out of bed in the morning at five because I'm so excited to, to, to share this message. It's, It's so great that you have also seen those results. You've seen them with yourself and the people you work with and that your job satisfaction is through the roof. I think that's amazing. Yeah, we're starting to reduce our their intake on cereals because they love cereals. So I started by buying the less the one that has less sugar. Of course, there's some re- a, a resident that loves the same. So, so you know that's what she wants. It's okay. That's what I was saying. So we, can't we don't do this for everyone. Yeah, we yeah. can't do this for everybody. But the ones that are on this program, we try to avoid the cereals now, even though there's so many out there keto brand but still you can still taste the sugar you can still taste the carbs but she makes some great omelets (laughs) we're trying to reduce that intake of cereals at least once or twice a month wow so that's our next step i don't want the caregivers so well it's giving cereals something easy to do i said yeah but you know until they say i'm tired of eggs and bacon sausage ham then we'll give them a bowl of cereal, it's okay. Yeah. It's just in the meantime, it's eating protein. Yeah. Protein yeah. in the morning. Amazing. So that is so yeah. amazing. And I asked how this question earlier, but have you noticed that maybe not everybody wants to do it, but the people who are doing it are feeling amazing and doing better? Is that making some of the other residents more likely to even just try it? Well, I had I have a lady uh, that went to a doctor's appointment and I told Hal that that the daughter wasn't too convinced. So she went there and she, the doctor noticed, you lost some weight. What's going on? Are you eating? It's like, yeah, I'm eating. I'm eating everything they give me. And the daughter said, well, at the group on where she's at, they have almost everybody with this keto diet, you know, meat, a lot of protein and, and, and vegetables. And I think they need carbs. I think they need, you know, their breads and all that. And the minute she said that, the doctor said, no, they don't need carbs. They need more protein. She needs more protein. So she was like, whoa. <laughs> so I guess we're doing something right. I said, no, she's doing good. What's, what's happening in her body is, is reducing because of the inflammation that they had. So yeah, bloating, that's why, that's why she looks so thin. So, but it's not like they're starving or anything. It's, it's, it's a healthy thing. It's not yeah. a old age, just losing yeah. weight. Thing. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So we got some doctors on our side. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I just, I love the work that you guys are doing. It is so inspiring. Seriously. Like I've, I've cried twice on this show. Once was introducing Nina Teichel's once was uh interviewing my grandparents. And this time, like I'm, I'm really close to crying on this episode because I'm just, I'm so yeah. inspired by the work you guys are doing. And yeah, I'm, I'm so encouraged to hear that you are getting more out of your job and enjoying it more and are excited to come to work mm-hmm. and see these patients actually improve. It's, it's really amazing. Yep. 
Yeah, I think it really works and we should keep going. I mean, we need to find caregivers. So we, we need to find caregivers that are on board with it that we can mm-hmm. then expand this. Yeah. That's going to be the challenge. Yeah. So and I, I tell my caregivers to say it's not hard. This is this is easier than cooking carbs, protein, vegetables every day. I said, forget about the potatoes, the rice, the pastas. This is just focus on green vegetables and meat. Do it grilled, saute it, whatever. I said, it's much easier. Amazing. Yeah, but we don't know how it's like, just, just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. I, I've become more of a cook since I've been on this because, like, I can cook this. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> just fire up the grill. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So. That's amazing. But so far, is so far so good. Wow. My patients have lost pounds. I have lost weight. Amazing. So did they needed to lose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Aurora, thank you so very much for contributing well, to this conversation. You. I really appreciate you and all the work you're doing. That was that's fantastic. <laughs> so yes. cool. Thank you. Thank it's you. An honor. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so, how for you? How are you going to be able to expand some of the stuff? knowing some of the things that you already mentioned that like you you don't want to get too big for your britches, right? Like you want to get this message out, but you don't want to make this a a huge thing that becomes like unmanageable. How how are you planning on kind of expanding this? Uh, Well, I, one guy from that other podcast I was on reached out to me and it's, it's a guy on YouTube that has like over 10 million subscribers. He's a doctor. And I'm sure if I gave his name out, you'd know it. He reached out to me and wanted me on his podcast. And I said, I don't need your 10 million people calling me. <laughs> I, I currently have one opening, <laughs> you know? So what I did was I turned him on to the company I'm working with, with the Bredesen protocol which was started by a guy like me who ran a very, he was an executive director of a large assisted living facility, like a 200 bed place. And he, like me, was disgusted with, you know, how the assisted living industry sort of warehouses people. And he wants to, wanted to do better. So he started this company. And so he just, he just coaches and counsels people in their home. He helps assisted living facilities who want to do this. You know, he goes around the country speaking about it. And I thought those guys will do much better to expand. And then, oh, by the way, if you get some calls to someone in Phoenix, let me know who wants, you know, move in. So I think long term, yeah, it'd be great to open up some more facilities or maybe go to existing ones and do a little consulting and turn them into this kind of model. Um, But maybe we can come up with some kind of model that people can do more in their homes. Yeah. Um, I know with the Bredesen protocol, you can do that now and work with the group and work with a doctor and things like that. I'm hoping we can, um, I think Dr. Bredesen's a whole lot better researcher than he is a marketer. So how we can get that message out and how, um, we can get people trying it more in their homes, getting support groups in a community, get online forums. And, you know, I started a Facebook group called brainstorming Alzheimer's. Um, that I'd love to have people join and I put up pictures and what I'm trying and new research and, and stuff like that, you know, to help people with Alzheimer's and see if they have questions and see if we can answer them and maybe bring some experts on there. Um, the companies that are helping me are in that group and they answer questions as well. So 
let's all get together and try to figure this disease out because this disease is not, as Dale Bredesen says, it's not a one problem disease. It's not your liver going bad. It's your hormones are bad. Your teeth are bad. Your, you know, insulin's bad. Your vitamin D is low. It's, it's a whole range of stuff that you have to fix and it's not going to be solved by a pill and a clinical trial that only tests one variable because there's 35 other variables that are out of whack that you need to fix. So it's going to take a community. It's going to take a, developing this program and then figuring out how to bring it out to the masses. Yeah. Not only is the disease so catastrophic, but it's going, it's not very many years coming that it's going to keep happening to younger and younger generations. And you're going to start to see dementia in, in 40 year olds in 30 year olds and in 20 year olds. You I already I, are. Yep. You're seeing them in the 40 and 50 year olds now. Yeah. And, and, and this disease starts in your thirties and forties. Yep. What you do in your thirties and forties can affect whether you get it or not, um, I would, you know, and one of the best ways to not get it is be on a low carb diet. Yep. Um, they're calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes. And a lot of the reason you have problems in your brain is because of insulin resistance. That's right. So yep. whatever you can do to avoid the sugar and the, the carbs and things like that, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. That <laughs> and is- if you want some motivation, Come to an assisted living facility. <laughs> Absolutely. Hal Kramer, what a wonderful way to tie this conversation together. I told you as we were getting started off the air that I, I was as excited as any other podcast episode I've ever done to talk to you. And uh, you, you said you hoped you wouldn't let us down. You certainly have not. We even had a guest speaker come on unexpectedly, which was fantastic. Yeah, that was totally, I didn't see that coming. It was great. It was great. No, this has been an amazing conversation. And to see your work, like literally, I'm like trying not to tear up. It's It's really... It's well, really very much. inspirational. So where would you like right. people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Well, like my website is aparadiseforparents.com. Um, like you said, I'm Twitter, Hal Cranmer. Facebook, uh, we have a Paradise for Parents Assisted Living business page. And we also, I also have the Brainstorming Alzheimer's page. And then I'm on Instagram as Assisted Living Hal Cranmer. And if anyone wants to check out the... Uh, that lady that's lost 150 pounds, she has a really big Instagram following. Her name, her Instagram name is Sherub, C-H-E-R-U-B underscore Sipes, S-I-P-E-S. Her name's Julie Sipes. Um, but she's documenting this whole journey herself, too, if people are interested in seeing that. That is the first thing I'm going to do after I get off of this call is go check her out or follow her. That is fantastic. And and she's really honest. She puts like the down days as well as the good days. That's relatable. People appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, I think it's wonderful. She's willing to do that. Incredible. Well, Hal, thank you so very much for all of your work. And thank you for taking time out of your very very busy schedule to chat with us today. Your work's amazing. I'm going to be sure, I'm going to be sure to link the video that you guys did of Bohemian Rhapsody, where you wrote the lyrics. It was wonderful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The scenes of of the residents like playing the drums and playing the guitar was absolutely hysterical. Very well done. Fortunately, my son is a musician, so we could borrow all his instruments for that. That's amazing. I was actually wondering that. That's fantastic. So if you're the listener, go yeah. check that out. And Hal, again, thank you so very much for everything you do. And thank you for coming on our show today. Thank it was you, an honor. Casey. Thank you. It was an honor for me. Awesome. Take care. You too. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. 
At the close of one year and the beginning of a new year, I just wanted to make sure to thank you, the listener, for all of your support and for listening to our show. 2022 was an amazing year that saw lots of growth with the podcast, but also came with amazing results with the people that we get to work with in our business, Boundless Body. We began our business during the confusion of the 2020 pandemic and opened up in July of that year. And we've been absolutely amazed with how things have gone. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of building the plane as we were flying it, but it's turned out amazing. We just absolutely love seeing our clients get amazing results. We love seeing all the great feedback and positive reviews that come through on Apple. So if you haven't already, please leave us a review there on Apple as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and impact the lives of people all over the world. We're super excited for 2023. We already have lots of great guests and topics lined up, and we have no intention of slowing down our releases anytime soon. (laughs) Also, feel free to check out our premium content, which we post on Patreon. There you will find our extended and unedited episodes, which we post on the day of recording. So you actually don't have to wait for the edited version of the podcast to release, which can sometimes be several weeks, actually. And on Patreon, you will also find the Boundless Body Radio premium podcast. This was my special project this year, I really wanted to combine all of the very best clips about one topic from our show to combine into extended episodes that take a very deep dive into a topic. I've created two separate topics as a masterclass that are three episodes each. One is all about the macronutrients, and the second is all about keto and ketogenic diets. That way you can get a fantastic education from some of our amazing guests in a format that can help you zero in on the topic that you are most interested in, something I'm very proud of and believe that we are sharing this content for a very high value. Remember that you can also book a complimentary 30-minute session with us on our website at myboundlessbody.com. And thank you again so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio.